When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Undiluted media football show i'm your host tony F. okay we are back and what a weekend of premier league football we had first of all we're going to start off with crystal palace versus man city i feel like that was the biggest shock of the weekend crystal palace to man city nil guardiola in his 200th game lost to his little i wouldn't call him protege but someone who worked under him for a bit patrick vieira now I won't read too much into this performance of City. Obviously, I Merrick Laporte got sent off and it's hard for City to come back, especially with 10 men, even though they dominated possession. But what I will dwell on is Crystal Palace. And I like, I've said it in other previous episodes, I like what Vieira is doing at Crystal Palace. I want Vieira to do well. The players he has and has brought in, um, Conor Gallagher, I think, is a very good loan signing. People are saying England's squad, not chill, but... Colin Gallagher, I think he has, what, three, three goals and two assists at the moment in the Premier League in nine games. So that's pretty good for Palace. And he's a little he's a little engine room for Palace. People think he's like a number 10, but I feel like he's a little box-to-box engine room. And they've got a good thing Palace going on right now. As well, I like the signing of Michael Elise, who they got from Reading last season. He was very instrumental in the second goal, the way he was twisting in and out and then had the composure to set Zaha, which, and then set up Gallagher as well. And Palace have a good team. Considering they're doing all the stuff and the football they're playing now and Eberichi Eze is still out until next year. So if I'm seeing Zaha, Elise, Eze, Gallagher, Milivojevic, Odson, Edward, that's not a bad side. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to out here and say, watch out for Crystal Palace, they're going to be in Europe soon. Of course not. But I feel like Patrick Vieira, give him years. If he's doing this first season, more years, more Premier League experience under the belt, he's going to look pretty decent. So big up to Patrick Vieira and get and a massive win for City. Unfortunately for City, they've got United next week. They've got the Champions League. I think they'll be fine. I know they lost to West Ham uh, during the week as well, but it's not the end of the world. It's not like they're going for a slump at the moment. And even if it is, City go for a slump and then they'll just win like how many games in a row. So they should be fine. Next, 
was the massive El Sakiko. Now, there's a lot to take from this game, but I'll start off from the Man United perspective and then we'll go on to Tottenham and Harry Kane and so forth. So, for those that don't know, Man United won 3 0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A decent win. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, well, he needed a win. He um, decided to go with his oldest starting 11 on average that he's ever picked because he thought, you know what, I can't trust kids anymore to do the job. So I need to go with experienced players just to get me out of this slump. So he went up with Ronaldo up front. United changed formation to a three at the back, which was quite surprising. And they looked pretty decent. They got their first clean sheet in the last... They only had one clean sheet in 21 games. So now we have two in 22. Congrats. But uh, Varane came back into the side and so did Cavani. So he played a three at the back. And it was a decent performance from Man United. I won't say this papers over the cracks for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because Spurs, if there was one team you lose 5-0, if you lose 5-0 and then you have one team to play the next week, I want it to either be Norwich or Spurs right now because those are teams that just look dire at the moment. And Spurs didn't take advantage of Man United coming off of a 5-0 loss, which is ridiculous enough as it is. And Man United looked pretty competent. Free in the back, I don't know. Well, this is the thing. It, Man United looked pretty decent with that formation. They looked assured. They looked balanced for the first time in ages. Now, I know Spurs isn't the best measure of um, performance, but they looked balanced. They didn't look like they were going to concede at all. So it didn't look too bad. Now, they have Atalanta during the week who play a three-to-back system. I know Gasparini does that. So will we see Oli Gunnar Solskjaer go back to the three-to-back? Is three-to-back the answer for Man United? I know some Man United fans want Conte, and he would probably implement a three-to-back with um, United. I'm not too sure, but Aaron Wan-Bazaka and Luke Shaw played well as full-backs. And then the back three of Lindelof and Maguire, Varane looks very comfortable. And I feel like that is a very comfortable back three to have. So who knows? Who knows what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer may not will do. We'll see. We'll see with Atalanta. We'll see with Man City as well. But um, one thing I've got to say is that uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. Now, apparently, um, he may he might have been sacked. I'm not too sure if there's any news on that just yet. But it, it looks inevitable, really, to say the least. Uh, Spurs didn't have any shots on target yesterday. And they looked dire. And for the first time, the Spurs fans got onto it. It, it, it got it's, it's getting toxic. Now I know under Mourinho it was quite toxic in a sense, but at the same time, I never saw this amount of toxic, toxicity at the club. Uh, he brought off Lucas Moura for Steven Bergwijn at half time, and the, the booze that surrounded surrounded um, that substitution. You're thinking it must have. You, you're thinking like VAR just disallowed a goal or something. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it's unfortunate. Nuno's been put in in a crap situation, to say the least. Now, I looked at that Spurs team yesterday and I looked at it and I thought to myself, other than the front three of Son, Mora and Kane, who are not particularly playing well this season, that Spurs Spurs have really aggressed over the years. I don't know who's to blame, in a sense, but the players that had... like I feel like Tongi and Dombele is a very good player. I feel like he should be starting in Spurs week in, week out. Now, obviously, I don't watch a lot of Spurs, but I know that he's a, he's a decent enough player to be starting. Whether Nuno likes him or not, that's his issue. But I was looking at that team yesterday. I saw they were playing Ben Davis, who only rarely plays cup games, but regular was out the side. Then they played Christian Romero, Eric Dyer, and Emerson Royale, like a makeshift back four. And then they had Oliver Skip in the midfield, with um, I think it was Winks. Was it Winks? No, it wasn't Winks. It was Skip. It was it was Skip and whole Skip and Holberg, 
And I was just thinking, like, Spurs have gone from, like, Musa Dembele and Sissoko to, like, skip skipping the Holberg. Like, it, it wasn't great. Other than that front three, I looked at that Spurs team and said that's a very mediocre team, not a top six team at all. And right now they're reflecting that. Now, it's not the end of the world for Spurs because Spurs were still above United before the game started and they've only lost three points, but they, they're performing terribly at the moment. And Nuno has a big problem because... The fans are not. The fans are against him. He's not playing attacking football. It's not looking good, and it's just unfortunate at the moment. So what I can say though is that Harry Kane is another situation that Spurs has. From my perspective, we all know Harry Kane didn't want to go. I mean, he wanted to go. Sorry, he didn't want to be at Spurs. I like to use the the Magic Johnson gif of "I'm not going to be here," and that was literally it. Like he doesn't want to be there. Now, if it was up to me, if I was Harry Kane, I would have done a um, a Ben Simmons and been like, you know what, just just don't just go or just don't play, don't train because it looks like he doesn't want to play at all. It really looks like that. It looks really bad. So I I, I don't know. I really don't know with Harry Kane. If I was Nuno, do I, do I get rid of him? Because we've got to remember, Spurs have beat City this season. Now, I know it's one game, and they've done that without Kane. So maybe Kane is the one holding them back. He's only got one goal in nine Premier League games. Spurs are not playing well anyway. He didn't have, I think he had like one shot yesterday. Like You couldn't even tell me Harry Kane played. And I, th- I think just for both parties, it's best for just him not to play anymore well it's up to him whether he still wants to play football or not it's entirely up to him but it's just right now it just doesn't look great the situation doesn't look great at all and i really feel like you know what this is the thing don't decrease your stock because right now harry kane is decreasing his stock maybe that's good for city if they still want to get him but right now harry kane is really decreasing his stock if they uh Spurs wanted 150 million in the summer. Now they'll probably take 100 million in January. And even still, right now he's not looking like an 100 million player. So I, I I don't know with the situation for Harry Kane, but something something's got to change soon enough because he's not he's not particularly playing well at the moment. But we'll see. I don't expect Nuno to be in the job much longer. Whether they give him the chance, I don't think Daniel Levy is going to give him the time that he needs. And it's unfortunate because I don't think Nuno is a bad manager. And I don't think Spurs fans think Nuno is a bad manager, but he's just not delivering what they want. And it's unfortunate because he wasn't the he wasn't their main guy. Like they kind of tried to be like, you know what, let's let's go for let's go for Nuno. Well, whether they get someone else, maybe a, a cheeky Graham Potter, maybe they should have gone for him. He plays better in football. He might play football that the fans want. Give it to Eddie Howe. No, I'm joking, don't give it to Eddie Howe. But do you know what I mean? Someone who plays attacking football. But again, speaking of Graham Potter, Brighton played well against Liverpool. I watched the, I watched some of that game and they earned a draw at Liverpool, at Anfield, a hard place to go, especially with the, the spirit of the cop and whatever. But they got a decent, decent draw. And I know there's loads of Graham Potter fanboys out here and saying that he's a really good manager. And I remember Guardiola a year ago said that he's the best English manager in the league. And I kind of do believe that. I feel like he's a very, very good manager in a sense. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't have him at my club. But at the same time, I feel like, you know what? Graham Potter maybe deserves a better job than Brighton. It's maybe it's a bit too early. I know it's still the start of the season, but Brighton are playing some good football. And to come back from 2-0 down at Anfield, it's not it's not an easy feat. I feel like even to earn a point at Anfield is not an easy feat. So big ups to Graham Potter and Brighton. And who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens with Brighton and Graham Potter in the future. Arsenal 
on uh, had the early kickoff. They beat Leicester two goals to nil. Now, Arteta's had his critics. He had a really poor start to the season and then one manager in a month. And now he's looking pretty decent. Quick side note, Aaron Ramsdale is looking like England's number one at the moment. There, there I say it, but he's looking like a very good keeper. Um, he had Kasper, he had Peter Schmeichel tweeting saying that's the best um, the best save he's ever seen. Bear in mind, his son is in the trenches losing 2-0 and then you're watching the other keeper. Anyway, but it was a very good save if you haven't watched it from a James Madison free kick. And I don't know, Ramsdale's looking, he's looking very, very good. He's looking very good. And what I can say, his distribution is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I saw him play some pools like he was prime Xavi Hernandez. So, and that's what Arteta wanted. Because we all thought when Ramsdale was signed, we all thought, you know what, Leno is a better keeper than Ramsdale. Well, maybe it's, it's arguable now. But we all thought, you know what, this is about the distribution. This is about Arteta wants to play that type of football. And do you remember the same way how... Um, Pep got rid of Claudio Bravo and brought in um, Edison because of distribution-wise and making the the keeper the 11th player in the pitch, that type of formation. You can see that with Aaron Ramsdale right now. And Arsenal look good. I don't think Ramsdale has lost a game as an Arsenal keeper yet. So we'll see. I'm not saying Arteta's turned over a new leaf right now, but they've had two solid wins and they're looking on the rise. They've got a couple of hard games coming out. I think they've got Watford soon. They've still got United to play next month or it'll be November. And then they've got Everton as well and Liverpool. So we'll see what Arsenal are really made of soon come. But one team I've got to talk about is West Ham. You're on the rise at the moment. I was literally talking to a West Ham fan today. What a time to be a West Ham fan. I feel like West Ham fans kind of deserve this. I'm kind of from an area where I'm surrounded by West Ham fans. So I, I do have a soft spot for the club. Don't be surprised if you see West Ham win a trophy this season. I personally think they should go for the Carabao Cup. I feel like they're one of the favourites, dare I say it, one of the favourites for the Carabao Cup now. Only because if you're a decent enough team to play European football and turn up week in, week out on a Sunday and, and play, you're you're a good team. Because we all thought, you know what, West Ham have a thin squad. How are they going to play on a Thursday night and then go, go back on a Sunday in the Premier League with the intensity? And they are looking pretty decent at the moment. Right now, they have the same points as Man City as well. They're three points above Man United. They've not Man United out of the Carabao Cup. They've not City out of the Carabao Cup. David Moyes is really creating a winning mentality at West Ham. So I feel like if I was Moyes, I would really try and go for that trophy. Not to hinder anything you're doing in the league or the Europa League, but they're practically through in their Europa League group anyway. And winning is contagious. Winning winning is contagious in any sport. And momentum is, is a big thing in any sport. So to create that winning mentality and that and gain that momentum, I feel like the Carabao Cup would be a great shout. And who wouldn't want to who would want to see West Ham win the Carabao Cup? It's finally City and not going to win it for the first time in like five years. So who wouldn't want to see um West Ham win a Carabao Cup? I feel like everyone would love to see that. But who knows? Who knows? But big ups to West Ham, though. They won 4-1 against Aston Villa today. Aston Villa have been looking a bit shaky, you know, since ever, ever since they got that uh, winner at Old Trafford. They, I don't think they've won in the Premier League yet. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't seen them win in a while. They're looking a bit shaky. But um, West Ham are looking good. It was a 4-1 win. Aston Villa were down to 10 men. But still, West Ham are looking really good right now. And I feel like, dare I say it, if we're going to look at the top six this season and one of the big top six is going to go out, I would say Tottenham will be Tottenham could be replaced as West Ham can replace, dare I say it, and I'm saying it here, West Ham could probably replace Tottenham in the top six right now. That's how that's how it's trending. Because even though there's a Czech owner that wants to buy a majority stake 
holding the club as well. Like everything's just looking good for West Ham right now. So I, I've got to give them their props. I've really got to give David Moyes his props and everything. So nothing wrong, with, nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with uh, West Ham and, and David Moyes. And he's really found his home there, I, I think. I really think he's found his home at West Ham. He really looks good there. And big ups to West Ham. Really big ups to West Ham. Um, last but not least, Chelsea beat Newcastle. Fairly simple game. Reese James making St. James's Parks his own. Got two. And uh, Jorginho with a penalty. It's, I saw a weird stat. Chelsea's defenders have scored... 12 Premier League goals this season and they've outscored the attack and the midfield, which is quite quite surprising to say the least. Now, does this and they've conceded three goals this season? Like, do Chelsea have one of the best defenses in the world right now, or is it just the way Tuchel sets sets his team up? I don't know. But one thing I do know is that Chelsea fans are saying, I'm not this is not reflecting on yesterday's game, but recently Chelsea fans are saying they haven't been playing particularly well this season, but they're three points on top of the league, they're playing, they're playing fairly decent. They won 3-0 again yesterday. And I think it's just the way Tuchel sets his team up. That three at the back. I know for three at the back, it's weird. If if you play three at the back, I'm going to use Paul Merson here. If you play three at the back, it tells me you can't defend, right? And you don't trust your team in the back four. So um, to play three at the back and the way to, to utilise it the way Thomas Tuchel has, I've got to give props for because right now the defenders are scoring. His wing backs are getting forward. And he's really utilising this formation really well. And I, I doubt it he's going to, because he didn't play three in the back often at PSG, but he saw the Chelsea team and said, you know what, this is the, this is the formation for us. This is what we're going to do. And believe it or not, it is working for them right now. They're on top of the table. They don't look like they're losing. And then, and as I said, Chelsea look like a hard team to beat. I've saying this for like the, nearly the past year since Tuchel came in nearly a year ago. Chelsea have, have are just a hard team to beat. And it's not about dominating games. This is the thing. Man City and Liverpool dominate games, but they had the personnel to do it. Chelsea don't really have the personnel to dominate games as much, but they have the personnel to make themselves such a hard team to beat. And if you set yourself up like that, especially with the attacking talent you have, you, you'll you reap the rewards. Now, that's what I'm kind of thinking with Man United, in a sense. Man United don't have the personnel to dominate teams but if Man United set themselves up to make themselves hard to beat then you let the attack and the talent do the rest who knows who knows maybe Thomas Tuchel's given us the blueprint for teams that don't really attack as much but we'll see we'll see but that was all we got to oh we got for for the undiluted football show today we've got some Champions League football coming up we've got another weekend of Premier League football just before the international break I think we've got a week or two just before the international break, but we've got some Champions League football coming up. We're getting to the crunch time of Champions League, match day four. Yeah, match day four. So this is where we start to see some teams progress, some teams starting to fall into that Europa League spot. But I've been your boy, Antonio Foke. Thank you for listening and watching the Undiluted Football Show. You can subscribe, like, share, comment. Let me know if any of my takes were mad. But please tell me. If not, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.